Let's go. It's been a long ass time, but we back. We just talking. Isaiah, Tori, and myself. Fellas, how y'all doing? I'm good, man. I uh, went went to uh, went and got to attend a wedding last night. Got back home late. It's fun, man. Kids are healthy, happy. You know, sons playing football. Daughters are just chilling, running around the house, being wild, man. It's 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 been it's been nice. Can't complain. Weather's cooled off, man. Name I. I'm here for it. How you guys doing? Not too, not too bad. Uh, I have to let the listeners know that your boy is officially gluten free. Doctor's orders. And I think since the last time we were on, well, I can't remember, Marlon. I I got married. Yeah. So last episode was the week before you got married. Week before I got married, I'm a married man now, taking care of my wife. She's not feeling too well, so I got to nurse her back health. All the little trips to get her what she needs, and my dolphin stuck it up last week. But yeah, your boy is officially gluten free. That's all I got going on. <laughs> I feel y'all. I've I've literally been doing a whole lot of nothing. I started a garden. That's that's about it. That's hey, as, as exciting as hey, much a, it is. That's official dad mode, man. That's that's running to Lowe's and Home Depot. Oh yeah, I already <coughs> did it. It's it's literally just to get me out the house and keep me out the house. It just gives me something to do besides like being in the house and playing the game or something. Mm-hmm. It just let me get outside and work on the garden, play catch with the kids and let them run crazy before getting getting them ready for, for bed and stuff. But yeah. yeah, man, it's been pretty boring, but I am glad we're, I mean, it's still early in, in college and NFL season and we've had a lot of different shit to talk about. So we can start with college football. Uh, since the last time we've talked, what in college football has stood out to you? If y'all want, we can start with, we told you so that, I mean, I understand people have love for, for prime in Colorado, but people was they were glazing them up a little bit too much. Yeah. They was oh they go they gonna go to the playoff watch yeah Colorado and Oregon was yeah, like that's easy fellas easy and honestly USC would have done the same thing if Alex Grinch wasn't their defensive coordinator. But oh, whatever. Man. <laughs> I mean honestly at this point though, no matter what happens to Colorado the rest of the season, I would say you can chalk up their season already as a success. Yeah, already yep. <clears throat> matched their win total. Tripled for yeah, tripled their win total. Oh yeah, that's their right. See, total. already yeah. matched it and bettered it. So that I don't. There's the the trajectory. Like they're they're already better than what they were. So yeah. you know, the it's it's good to see. But like like you said, man, like media like dick eating that team was just is <laughs> it's too much. Wildly to uncomfortable. Down. Yeah, they yeah. had to calm it, it down a little bit. Well, people people make it seem like it's just hating if you say that too, but I, like I'm not hating. It's just like like they were saying Shadur could be the best quarterback in college football, and Travis Hunter is going to go number one, and he's probably the best receiver in the nation. It's like, bro, Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison Jr. exist. Yeah, and then. You have all ESPN and Fox Sports. They're all going to Colorado to do to be there for Colorado versus Nebraska, and yeah. it's just it was a lot. I, like I said, I want them to be successful. I think they're on the right trajectory, especially when they get to the Big Twelve next year. But the mm-hmm. glazing, the shit was like the Chiefs games. Can't watch the Chiefs games now because they're going to show Taylor Swift fifty fucking times. Yo, 
I think the media does a bad job of handling things. They just ride the hype train, and then if it's successful for them, then they're right. And if they're wrong, they just move on to the next story, which, I mean, we had three weeks of Colorado, and now it's two probably coming up on three weeks of Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. Like, nobody's talking about, you know, quietly, USC is undefeated. It's been tough sledding, but they're undefeated. Barely. Oh, yeah. Oh, you yeah, might. scary. OU's probably going to sneak into the top 10 with their win last night. I mean, Oregon's just, Oregon's quietly just, you know, going to stay at the four or the five spot. Could Bama come all the way back into getting into the college football playoff? You know, there's a lot of better storylines and topics that they could discuss, but they only, you know, they focus on the notoriety of certain things. And that's, that's just trends, the main, man. Yeah, that's what yeah, the media is always going to do. Well, it's. I feel like it's gotten worse the older we've gotten. Though, um, I feel like ESPN is now reality TV. Yeah, because we know ball, and when we know ball like that, it's it's frustrating to see that you're not talking about actual stories. Like, does anybody really know? Unless you check like ESPN or you know your Instagram Sports Center that Colorado won last night. No, because they're done with them. Nobody cares anymore about them. Winning and yeah, it's an impressive win, but they also played Arizona. Arizona, Arizona State. State, yeah, Arizona State, USC. Who is one and five? Who is a <laughs> one and five team? Like exactly. You know, those are those are the things that you know it don't I get think, talked about. I think another reason that it frustrates me, and this may sound like a Homer thing, it's not nah, fuck that, it's really not. This is the first time that the Red River game had big amplifications since like twenty eleven. Yeah, 2012, yeah. and I mean they finally. I know like Pat McAfee was down there the other day, and the like college all that, game but, day was actually there, which is like, oh yeah. my god, they they do right. know that, but it's it's good teams exist. Yeah, it's just frustrating though when you see better matchups on, and mm-hmm. all they want to talk about is Colorado. Like I said, all respect to Prime and the rest of the team. Like I actually like Shadur, and I think he'll come back next year. Uh, we'll get to see him in the Big 12. Yeah. And hopefully he gets drafted really high. He has a successful career. Don't really care unless he comes to Pittsburgh because good God. But <laughs> good, um, God, good luck. <laughs> yeah, God. But uh, it's just it's a lot. But who? Uh, let's let's take it here. Who are some of the players that have stood out to y'all in like so far early in college football? Uh, I mean, right off the rip. I mean, Caleb Williams is Caleb Williams. Um, yeah. You know, he, he's doing what everyone expects him to do. The guy who's really stuck out to me, though, and he was good last year, but, like, he's looking really good this year is Michael Penix Jr. Yeah. Um, yep. From Washington. That kid is a stud. Bo Nix looks really good. Yeah, the Pac-12 is loaded with quarterbacks. I know, which is rare because when's the – is there ever been a time that we've said, hey, man, Pac-12, they, are they one of the best – like, Conferences in college football right now? Well, yeah, shit, they, they have, need to be there. This is a wrap. They have five or six <laughs> teams in the top twenty-five, and then the good teams from the Pac-12 are joining the Big Ten. I don't know how that's going to work out. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting yeah, to see what the restructuring of all the conferences. I don't know how well they'll do in the cold. Yeah, yeah that's though. true. I seen uh, they released Michigan's schedule for next year, and um, fellas, it looks real bad for them. They play. <laughs> I mean, so you got to think they have – they get Ohio State. Mm-hmm. They get USC. They get Oregon. Uh, they get 
Texas, and then somebody else. Ooh, it's it's it, it's a gauntlet, but yeah, I, uh, to see. a player that stood out for me so far. He didn't really stand out. I mean, he's just solid, right? But Brock Bowers is man talking talking like he's the <laughs> next. He's the second coming of Travis Kelsey, but nobody knew Travis Kelsey was going to be Travis Kelsey whenever he got drafted. So they're probably hyping him up the way that Kyle Pitts was going to be hyped up, but it really depends on where he goes. I think Brock Bowers is. is better than Kyle Pitts. Well, no, I'm not. Just I'm, a yeah, I'm just talking about yeah. the overall hype of him as a as a good. He's tight a complete end. tight end. Like that's yeah. that's the thing. Like honestly, to me comparison that I would draw for him, especially being a blocker too, is like like a Jason Witten. Like uh, if he let's give him some credit. Early Zach Hurts. It, early Zach Hurts. Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz. Uh yeah. nah, I'd say young uh, fuck. Maybe really like a young Gates. Gronk. I'd say like a young Gronk. He can he can block his ass off. He like he always seems to be open. I'm not saying as dominant or he'll be yeah. as dominant as Gronk was, but I feel like he can do similar things than uh, what Gronk could do. Well, then overall hype and then transitioning into the league and still being successful. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe it's just going to be a hot take. Tony Gonzalez was a good, I w- good, good run blocking tight end, good transition into the league, you know, had a long career. It, it actually upsets me, especially especially now because the talking points is who's the best tight end of all, of all time. And it's huh. just Gronk and Travis Kelsey. Yeah, like, like, you uh, motherfuckers realize it. <laughs> Tony that for, for, <laughs> well, for people who are younger than us, that's the argument. But, like, yeah, true. people yeah. who are in our age group, they remember it. They remember Tony Gonzalez. They remember Antonio Gates. Like, those guys. My favorite player it's, growing up was Chris Cooley. So, man, like, beast, stud. They're – they're they're really really good tight ends. I mean, another guy too that a lot of people don't talk about who is extremely dominant, who's still playing, was Jimmy Graham. Yeah, um, you know, there was a span, dude, for a long time where he was that dude. He was the best tight. Nobody end was the talking league, about Travis Kelsey when Jimmy Graham was at the peak of his career. Like, no, facts. It was it was Gronk and Jimmy Graham. That was it. Yep. I mean, well, there was some. There were some other stud ones, like like Jordan Reed was a, a really good tight end. He just had Jesus, <laughs> a lot of health problems. He got knocked out. He was he had he's eight the, concussions. He's the, had had yeah, four in college. <laughs> yeah, he's the he's the tight end version of uh, Austin Collie. Vernon Davis. I mean, you can Vernon Davis yeah, was Vernon a stud, dude. Jason Witten was a really good fucking tight end. He really Plus, was. I to me, Jason. Like, to me, Jason Witten's a top four tight end of all time. Best route runner. Best route that dude. tight end ever. <laughs> dude, Jason Witten was the truth, bro. Like, that guy was a stud. Um, oh, yeah. I think Man, tight end's one of, those, one of those positions. A lot of really good ones have a tendency to get overlooked a lot um, because of the position that they play. But, yeah. no, I mean, when are we at? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think Kittle, if Kittle was able to st- – like, if he were able to stay healthy, I think Kittle might go down as one of the best tight ends ever played because that's a dude who can – he can run routes, he's fast, he blocks well. Like, he, he is a complete package tight end. Yeah. So is Hawkinson. 
Um, they just kind of get lost in the – well, George Kittle is definitely not having the season that he had last year as far as just, like, projections. But I just think Brock well, They have Purdy, so many weapons, though. He kind of gets yeah, lost in the sauce. Like, yeah. It's the same thing that happens to Debo, too. Like, yeah. you know, a couple of years ago, they were like, yo, Debo Samuel was, like, one of the best receivers in the game. And then Brandon Ayuk developed – and when yeah. Brandon Ayuk's healthy, dude, Debo don't get very many opportunities. Because Ayuk is always open, man. I mean, Brock Purdy can find him. We find him quick, too. I mean, when he's healthy, and you if you look at this season, like, Ayuk is, like, the fifth best wide receiver in the league right now. Debatable, when he's healthy. But... Well, I'm saying as far as stats-wise, right? I mean, you look at whenever he's healthy and he's playing, he's – I think every game he's played in and finished the game, he's had over 100 yards receiving and at least a touchdown. So, I, I mean, know who but, he took earlier this year. I can tell you that. Boy, <laughs> yeah, he did. As far as me, man, uh, college football, who I think is impressed me probably the most is Marlon. Let's give it up for the OU defense right now. Let's let's give let's give it, slow let's clap, man. Slow clap. OU's, OU's looking good this year. This is this is a, and I've been this way since about 2012, 2011. This is always the week that I'm like, if they look good against Texas, I will start to slowly buy into what everyone's talking about. Yeah. And so I could I watched it yesterday. I still think they have a lot to to grow with. The difference between them and Texas is them Texas dude was coming up and laying that thunder, and yeah. OU dudes kind of weren't. They early they were, but you could tell they kind of gassed. But yeah. They were very, very much bend but not break a lot, and it was crazy to see that it was what thirty to thirty-seven. I usually Red River games the last whenever they're competitive with OU shit defense, it's fifty-four to fifty. Yeah, forty-eight to fifty-two and <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. It's is it'll be it'll be difficult too though. There was a couple injuries, and if they didn't go OU's way, then it'll because if uh, if Alvin or Gentry. Uh, Gentry Williams is out, then woo boy. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be interesting to see. But no, I mean so far, I mean and I think next year they're gonna have a chance to really get better just for the simple fact of, you know, the recruits are gonna some of the recruits that Venables is getting are gonna be sophomores or he's gonna get a new freshman class in that's really gonna help them improve because they're gonna need a good defense to make that transition to the into the SEC like that, so I mean, shout out to the OU defense right now. They're gonna crack the top ten. I mean, last Maybe. year they, I think they will. I mean, you beat the number three team. They were what fifteen before, uh, twelve, twelve. I, I, yeah, they, yeah. they're they're getting in the top ten. Texas is probably gonna fall to eight or something like that. I can see that. They'll, I don't know. they'll, they'll do some shit. Out of all spots, yeah, but I, that, I don't. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, I don't think they'll fall. They shouldn't realistically fall below uh, Bama. No, no, probably not. Yeah, what's Bama right now? Eleven. I think they were nine or eleven. Yeah, they, I know they were a couple spots in front of OU. Good gravy. Yeah. Of course, <laughs> George, of course Georgia's still one. All roads lead though, to them, boys. So you know, yeah, it don't matter. <laughs> yeah, it, honestly, it don't matter. And Notre Dame just dropping dropping the ball against Louisville was very interesting. But Sam Hartman, ever since he's been in college football for seven years, 
he always loses a game that has a lot of hype around it that he shouldn't lose, and he ends up losing. So, and Notre Dame is kind of coming off of the Brian Kelly hangover still, I believe. So, I mean, we'll we'll see how their season ends up, and their schedule is a lot tougher than it's ever been before. I believe they they play some really good teams this year. You know, they always have kind of like a cakewalk, you know. But you know, circling back to OU, man, I you know I had a conversation with a with a friend of the show um, before he headed down to Texas to catch the game, and he was like, "What do you think?" I was like, "I'm not gonna lie to you, dude. OU looks." They look pretty complete right now. I don't think if you know, I'm not. A, I'm not a Texas fan. I think. I think OU's the underdog in the game, and you know, if they if they show up and you know, play error free, I think they could beat Texas. I said the the pessimist in me doesn't doesn't see them winning, but I would like to see OU beat Texas, and and they did. The thing that I worry about with OU football is like they have a tendency to at least once a season beat themselves and lose to a team that they shouldn't have lost to. Yeah. So then they always end up being on the outside looking in. You know what I mean? Like right now they're in the driver's seat. Now you just beat. That's the toughest game they were going to play all year. Really? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Cause they already got, they already got it. So now it's, yeah, so now it's, dude, stay the course and just finish. And because so, I guarantee you, dude, some of those teams inside of the top five, two of those teams are going to lose at some point. Yeah, um, they, yeah. So, I mean, they're, they're in the driver's seat. They control their destiny. They just have to win out now. You've already yeah. beat the team. That was the biggest obstacle for you to get to the playoffs. It's really it's to beat them again because if Texas wins out, they're playing in the Big Twelve Championship. So yeah, and they definitely yeah. Texas definitely should win out because it's the exact same thing with them. Is their Bama and OU were their biggest test this year, and they're yeah. one and one. When yeah. drop the deuce down in Tuscaloosa. <laughs> And is this the I mean, end? Is this the end of the Alabama dynasty? Like, are are we done? Or are we seeing it? Is Saban going question. to retire? I don't think he's going to retire. Maybe give him another two years, and then possibly I. It it definitely feels like this is the end, though. But I've thought that before, and the yeah. year after he's back. So, I they do not look. It does not look like any of the the Nick Saban Bama teams. It's it's ugly football. Like they they can't really throw the ball. It's yeah. it's bad. It's like the Coker era. Ooh, yeah. But their Ooh, defense yeah. isn't the best defense in the nation, so they yeah. they have to score more than fourteen points a week. I believe they're losing a ton of recruits, man. They're you know Georgia snagging them up, transfer portal snagging up because kids just want to play nil. You know, That's yeah, why Nick sure, Saban yeah. was having a fucking stroke. <laughs> yeah, about it. Yeah. Stroke. Yeah. Niles changed everything, dude. And now they, you know, they passed that legislation now too, where you don't have, you know, how like they had it set to where you could only have a limited amount of uh, transfer portal players on your team. No limit. Yep, it's unlimited now, dude. I guarantee you, like that's this shit is gonna happen now, where there's gonna be a team that's gonna fuck around and start 
more incoming transfers than they have returning starters. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's a thing now, dude. It's, it's, it's a, it's, it's football mercenaries now. Mercenary football. It's, I think we're seeing the shift too in the, the NFL where some of the coaches maybe 10 years ago that people wanted to go play for your Mike Tomlins and Bill Belichick's nobody wants to go play for them anymore. So Uh, it's, I, dude, I think this might be the first year that uh, Mike Tomlin might actually be on the hot seat of getting let go. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's definitely on the hot seat. We can, we can transition. I I would retire to avoid that. You don't want to be the first coach to get fired in Pittsburgh in fucking 60 (laughs) years. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because so. Chuck Knoll came in in 68, 67 or 68, and then yeah. they drafted Mean Joe Green, I think, in 69. And yeah, so Chuck Knoll coached to the the early 90s, and then Bill, Bill Cowher took over. And he retired, and then in 2005 or 2006, 2006, and then yeah, Tom. So his, his is just stubbornness. He's got you know, that, was... that Coach Boone in him. Yeah. I'm going to keep doing the same thing until it works. It's like, yeah, yeah. it don't really work like that no more, boss. Yep. I just don't understand what happened to Pittsburgh, man. They were so good for so long, and it's like you lose two or three players and an offensive coordinator, and now like your team just looks terrible. It's everyone that we lost, we lost them at the, around the same time. I think they yeah. thought they would have them for a lot longer. So we didn't game plan on like cycling out uh, talent except for TJ Watt for James Harrison. But I mean, other than that, like David DeCastro just had that injury and had to retire. And then Marquise Pouncey was like, man, we just let the Browns kick our ass in the playoffs. I'm out. Then you had, we lost Bill Nueva who retired shortly after. Um, Shazier medically forced to retire. Yeah. Ben's gone. Antonio Antonio Brown. Brown. Schuster. It's, yeah, it's like, I think there's a lot of terrible attitudes that are making their way into the league as well. I mean, case in point, I mean, we were talking about Chase Claypool being like the next coming of like Calvin Johnson with his talent and his ability. Chad, dude. I know. <laughs> and it's just, get, I, I believe that it's getting worse, man. I mean, you just got players that just have terrible attitudes, so it's hard to coach them. So it doesn't transition well on the it's, field. It's because it's because Trace people Clay have to come to Miami and not do anything. Yeah, he probably won't see the field. But mm-hmm. his his attitude is is he just can't be coached. That's his yeah. his issue. He just yeah. they, they tell him what he's doing wrong and he just doesn't hear it. It's it was evident his his second year when we were playing Minnesota and we were trying to leak like get down the field and score before the game was over. And celebrating. Like, yeah, with like eighteen seconds left and no timeouts, he's celebrating and stuff. And then his With offensive ball. lineman ran out, yeah, went over there to grab the ball. One of the Anthony Barr slapped the ball out of their hands, and then Claypool freaked out on the line. No, bro, that's you, and he he can't hear that shit. And then, so then Pittsburgh wasn't using him the right way. So then he gets shipped out. Pittsburgh goes seven and two down the stretch last year. He gets to Chicago, nothing happens. The second they say keep your shit at the crib, Justin Fields looks like a fucking pro bowler yeah 
So, what the hell, man? Yeah, and I, I ain't going to say it's all due to Claypool, but, I mean, a lot of the times they do say, like, a locker room cancer, once you get him out, everybody will play better, which is why I want Matt Canada to fuck up out of there. <laughs> yeah, dude, Matt Canada's fucking awful. I don't even know how his job still. Because like, of Tomlin and the, the Steeler way and Tomlin. But, and honestly, no, I, dude. You have to be committed to fucking winning. Like, exactly. You guys are playing for money. You guys aren't playing <laughs> looking for, for a fucking scholarship, dude. Like, it's Bro. like, dude, this is if you don't produce, you're fucking gone. Like, it's, yeah. well, I, I'm going to give you guys a scenario right now because for all you listeners, it's Sunday morning at 1030. So the only game going on right now is the Jaguars and the Bills in London or whatever. The Steelers play the Ravens today. We have a bye week next week. If that offense comes out and it looks like shit again and he doesn't fire Matt Canada by maybe I said Tuesday, midday Tuesday, if I don't get an update that says uh, Steelers and part ways with Matt Canada, then Tomlin's ass is on the hot seat immediately Yeah, because he's already on the hot seat from the fan base, which the Steelers organization organization, I don't give a fuck. They don't give a fuck about the fan base. To, to a certain extent, right? Because Bill Cow- or not Bill Coward, but Ben and the crowd ran Todd Haley out of town. So yeah. they'll listen to an extent, but usually what they let them do is, is coach out their entire contract, and then at the end of the year, they just won't renew the contract. Nope. That shit don't work, bro. There's too many people that are available to coach your offense that will make it look even better. And then also, this draft class that's coming out is too good to not have a competent offensive coordinator to see if Kenny Pickett is even going to be average. Because the first four weeks, one week he looked all right. Every other week he's looked like shit. So it's there are some guys coming out in this draft class. We're not going to get the one pick because they won't tank like that uh, or anything. But we could get a Bo Nix. Bro, we can I've, been, Bo Nix. <laughs> I've been a I've been a fan of football since my earliest memory and that team like dude Najee Harris might be the worst running back I've ever seen in my fucking life like it doesn't <laughs> make sense to me how you are like that Trent age. Richardson level yeah Trent Richardson at least had a couple of good years dude well Najee Najee Harris I don't know where the fuck years. I don't even know what he's doing out there he looks lost like Running into the ass of your fucking lineman, dude. Not hitting a fucking hole. Like, not bouncing it outside when you should. Like, what is going on? Like, I don't understand. How does Jalen Warren, an undrafted fucking player, look superiorly, like, supremely better than you? I don't understand it. You're a first-round draft pick. Yeah. I mean, not just had... You know, he had the first couple of years were good. He had over a thousand scrimmage yards and every year leading up to this year. But I think what makes it so much worse is like they know or they have an idea that, hey, man, I don't know if Kenny can really push the ball down the field like that. No, it's not that he can't push the ball down the field. It's just he's throwing it to the other team. He's throwing dust. Dude, I would move. I I just don't understand. Like, (laughs) if if they're going to load the box on him, Put him out in space. Put him in motion. I would yep. turn Najee Harris into a fucking tight end if they tried to load the box. Like, I don't. <laughs> That's what we did with James Conner when Ben was there. But again, it's fine ben green grass, dude. Like, yeah. It's not hard. Travis yeah. Kelsey has literally done that his entire career. James When's the last time you saw him a run a good route? For that. 
Who, Travis, Travis Kelsey? Kelsey runs to green grass. Yeah. <laughs> it's open. They he literally runs to green grass that, and turns around. Yeah, yeah they say hands out. him and Jason went and they're pretty much free range. They read their cover man on the snap of the ball, and based on where they move their legs, they go the opposite direction. Him and Jason Witten <laughs> have literally made a career of that. <laughs> Sorry, fellas. Look, look, look. I'm going to Delaney explain. Walker had multiple thousand-yard seasons that at tight end, and that dude was six feet tall. Najee Harris <laughs> is damn near 6'3", 240. Get in space. And he, he also needs to lose a little bit of weight. His – He's a he's an NFL running back and a starting NFL running back that's playing like he's in high school, where he thinks that he can just run to the line, they overpower can go grab him. Oh yeah, overpower, and then after he breaks right a couple power tackles, yeah, because yeah. every game he'll have a a twenty yard run where he'll he'll hit a hole and then bounce it out and then jump over somebody or stiff arm somebody into the ground, but that twenty yard gain should have been like fifty. He's just yeah. He looks slow, but one thing I'll some, playing devil's advocate with Najee, he all the last he's been in the league what three years, yep. uh, all three of his years so far he starts the season off like trash. Last year they were thinking about putting him on the IR because uh, he came back from that Liz Frank surgery, and then yep. probably midway through the year after me and Isaiah traded in fantasy, then he started falling <laughs> the fuck out. <laughs> Sorry, but about that. it's it's weird. But th- here's my thing with Matt Canada. Going back to him, because obviously I, I I hate this motherfucker, bro. I hate this <laughs> motherfucker. But he – so what makes a good, like, pretty high level, what makes a good offense in the NFL is you give your playmakers freedom. You yeah, tell yeah. them, like you said, T, tell them to go just find green grass. Or you tell them if they're in man, just get away from this motherfucker. Like, here's the routes that you can run. And they have freedom, which is why you see a lot of NFL quarterbacks fuck up and think that somebody's going to run a dig when they're actually running a post and they just hit somebody right in the chest <laughs> on the defense. But Matt Canada, you have to stick to that route. So even if they get to the line, which Kenny doesn't have the ability to to uh, audible, and Mike Tomlin made that known in his press conference on Tuesday, they can look at the defense and be like, God dang, they know exactly what we're about to do. They okay. have the perfect <laughs> defense set up for it. But they don't want us to do anything because we're the – second youngest team in the league. So we're going to run this play until Mike Tomlin fires Matt Canada and they bring somebody in that can can be flexible. We we literally could call up USC and say, hey, bro, everybody knows Lincoln Riley's calling the plays here. Cliff, you, you're literally just in the, the press box for no reason. Bring your ass to Pittsburgh. Come call yeah. the plays. That's it. Come develop always, a young quarterback. He's always been a good OC, Cliff Kingsbury, but he's always been a terrible head coach. Yes. So. Yes. He needs he to kind develop. Of, yes, really well. Yeah. Yes, I wouldn't argue that. <laughs> bring bring Kingsbury to Schittsburg, dude. Let's go. As soon as soon as as soon as the season started off, bro, and I seen that, uh, I hit up the homie and was like, I would love to see Cliff Kingsbury come, but I for, had forgotten where he went. And he said he's in, he's at USC. I said, bro, what the fuck? You should have been like Lincoln is calling the plays, bro. And, <laughs> I and been like, you for what? I mean, I, I I definitely understand it, but Lincoln Riley doesn't. Lincoln Riley develops quarterbacks well too, and he's not leaving. So, Cliff, bro, come come develop. You could somebody. almost come. you could almost make the argument that put him on the staff as like a QB consultant, no, QB coach. Bro. Nah, bro, bring your ass and call these plays. Yeah, all these plays <laughs> and and assess talent because yeah. whoever is is drafting 
shit right now. It don't look well. Obviously, it's still it's this is week five. It's yeah. still early in the season. The Steelers typically come out looking like shit. We were one in four, one in five last year. Have a bye week, and then Tomlin gets in that ass pause, and then we look a lot better. But you offense can't look like that. That is no. is very JV. Very, yeah, super vanilla. Yeah, same plays over and over. He's yep. he's he threw that long touchdown pass to Calvin Austin that they've literally gotten. It's gotten picked against the 49ers in Week One, and then he got picked last week too. The exact same play. Nope. Oh, bro, you can't just say, "Hey, they probably have film on this. We shouldn't call it." But we're just gonna you know hope what? that the coverage breaks down and he'll man, be fuck open. That. Fuck <laughs> that. Uh, enough of enough of my Steelers, man. Uh, talking NFL wise, obviously Chargers fan, Dolphins fan. How y'all feel like y'all squads is doing? Uh, sky's the limit, but defense has got to get better. Um, we just added a cancer in Chase Claypool to our team, so hopefully they make him P squad for a while. I'm, I'm praying that that's what happens, and maybe he'll actually get out of his immature ways. Um, but that's I'm not gonna touch on the subject of Chase Claypool for too long. We play against the Giants this week. Not you know, it's the NFL. Anything can happen at any moment in time. So you don't want to be like, yeah, we're gonna walk, we're gonna mop the floor with them. But you, you want to you want to be optimistic that they'll get back to form last week because, I mean, this week because last week um, it looked. I mean, the first quarter and a half, it looked like it was gonna be a shootout, and then the Buffalo defense kind of settled in. We went three and out. Defense got tired. We give up 48 points. So I think they established the run game early, you know, try to keep Tua comfortable. He doesn't have to, you know, because at times if you it looks like if you take away Tua's first read, he's still kind of – he gets, you know, he gets the deer in the headlight looks and he has to kind of scramble around to f- try to figure out what he's going to do next. So – I hope that we kind of come back to form this week and establish the run game. Uh, Devon, the champ, man. Who, who, who would have thought it? I mean, you yeah. don't be having running backs that come from fucking nowhere and play. You remember Miles Gaskin a couple years ago was him. Yeah, yeah. It's it's very interesting to see that that, that that's able to happen. It's very interesting. That I mean, because you got to think, Mike McDaniel was the run game coordinator for those San Francisco 49ers teams. That it didn't matter who the hell you put in the backfield, they were going to run for a thousand. Honestly, you think about it. I mean, they had Mostert one year, Elijah Mitchell one year. Um, Essentially, know. the Dolphins' entire backfield is in Miami. Uh, they came from San Francisco. Yeah, minus you know the rookie, you know. And yeah, fan, yeah. But no, I think I think we'll. It's gonna be an interesting game. It's a noon game, so. I like I like y'all squad. No no lie, it's um I I understand Tua's scaredness because mm-hmm. he on national TV back to back weeks was concussed. So I definitely yeah. understand it. But T man, what's up with them bolts? We're on a two game win streak. Started out zero and two, honestly. Two two consecutive wins, and I still want Brandon Staley fired. Doesn't matter. Yes, yes. Close game. I, I, close game in one of those wins I'm, too, dude. I've had I've had, I've had enough of his shit. Like, I don't know. I don't know what our front office is doing with him. 
defensively, we look horrible. He was a D coordinator for a Super Bowl winning team, and our defense looks like dog shit. You know, the the only thing that's like keeping us in it is actually getting Kellen Moore and him having Herbert throw for 400 yards a game. Like that's the only thing keeping us in games. Like it's it, it's a it's a struggle, man. We need Eckler back desperately yeah. because our running backs do fuck all if it's not him. Um, you know, we lose Mike Williams. I think the only thing good that's really coming from like losing Mike Williams is our wide receivers will have to step up, and I think they will. I think Josh Palmer will play pretty good in his absence but I'm, I'm i'm really excited to see what quentin johnston does now that he's going to be in those um he's gonna be back in those three receiver sets like exclusively um i'd like to see darius davis more you know it we're getting better man we're 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 in second place in the division um you know, all, all roads lead to lead to Kansas City to close it out. Um, and that's something that worries me because this is the first year in a while that Kansas City's defense actually looks pretty good. Like, and Which they're playing crazy. So it's like, fuck, okay, cool. Like, I, well, but, but I will say the one thing that has consistently been an Achilles heel – for that team is their run defense. Teams yeah. can gash them on the ground. Through the air, it's totally different. It's 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 scary to try to throw on them, but if we can yeah. if we can get the run game established against them, I think it sets up the pass and I think that's how we win. Run the ball, control the clock, run the play action when you're ready for it and you know Two things that I wanted to bring up to your team, T, is one the J.C. Jackson situation, and let's let's give let's give it up for Grandfather Allen, Keenan Allen, career year right now, absolute, yeah. absolute, go, absolutely going off week to week. Who would have thunk a 32, 31 year old receiver like that, balling? Me, so, that's why he's that's why he's my flex player in fucking fantasy. <laughs> You're like over he's Mike all Evans. Around. He's always going to be a stud, yeah. dude. A lot of the time they line him up in the slot, dude, and he's a mismatch for whoever has to cover him because he's one yeah. of the best route runners in the NFL. Great. Don't even have to score so, touchdowns, yeah. and he, he balls out for you in fantasy. Yep, yeah, exactly. So, uh, T, I want to get As your far as J.C. Jackson's concerned, I think – Goes back to his know, old team. A couple of years ago, you know, it, it seemed like a good idea to bring him in. He's coming off an all pro season in new England. And since he got to, you know, LA man, he just wasn't good. Injuries happen, you know, before the injury happened last year, he got benched because he was the worst rated corner in the NFL. He was getting fucking torched. Bring him in this year. looks good. No TAs training camp, all that shit. And then plays like shit again. So you get to the point where like, you got to cut your losses with somebody like him. Ship him back to fucking New England where he came from. Have was, to it eat. A, was it a lawsuit or what was the drama around him before he got traded? Well, he got arrested. So, yeah, arrested, yeah, he, yeah. He, 
he got arrested too. So it's, you know, you just got to cut your losses with players like that. Me personally, I like Asante Samuel Jr. better anyways. I wish they'd put in a call to uh, Nasir Adderley, bring him out of retirement. That'd be nice. Um, <laughs> Y'all fuck but, around uh, and get Patrick Sertain for like a fifth. Oh, no, I doubt it. <laughs> We'd have well, to give it up. Looks, you're We'd right, but it looks like, like Sean Payton is starting to – it looks like he's starting to get rid of, like, just clean house. Yeah. Wow. Take take for Caleb, baby. Can't pay for gifts. <laughs> I think I keep it modest when about four games. Dude, honestly, you bring up Caleb Williams. I think that dude is going to change the way the NFL draft is is handled moving forward. I really he's, do. He's I def- think – I think he's going to be one of those players who, like, it's, it's not going to be like like an Eli Manning situation where he refuses to play for a team, but he gets drafted anyways. He'll probably tell teams, don't draft me because I won't play there. I think that's going to be the deal. Like, he – I think that kid is in the driver's seat and controls his own destiny because, you know, uh, you know, a lot of things I, – I sat in the barbershop yesterday and I, I listened to this old man argue about how the NIL is a bad thing. And I explained to him, I said, well, if you really think about it this way, a lot of the kids who are, who are going and playing college football, I would say a healthy 98% of those guys will not go to the NFL. Could be more. But so the NIL money that they're making right now is money that is essentially going to become a nest egg for them to start their future. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Caleb Williams right now is making $2.6 million a year to play at USC. You think he needs NFL money right now? He doesn't give a shit. Like <laughs> the money is not, is not the motivation. Cause he's got money. That kid had money at 18 years old when he arrived at campus in Norman through sponsors. Yeah. So he's already paid higher than you know, most adults. I would say a healthy 95% of adults in the United States already to go to school and play a game. And just chill out. The dude drives a Mercedes Benz and a Porsche. You think he gives a fuck about a signing bonus? No. If he, if, I think he's going to be a player where he's going to go somewhere where he wants to play, where he feels it's his best opportunity to be successful in the league. If that's, especially if that's the career path that you choose to do, you don't want to, like, for the longest time, like, that's something that always hurt the best player. You go to the worst situation. Very few players who are taken number one overall, especially at the quarterback position, are successful within their first two or three years in the league. And by that time, you're playing for an extension. And if you haven't been able to perform to your draft grade, then you're gone. Yep. You've seen it happen to Sam Darnold. You've seen it happen to Baker Mayfield. Fucking Ryan Leaf was a fucking bust. The only guy that I can think of in the last 15 years who was drafted as a number one overall pick and was successful very early in his career was Joe Burrow and Andrew Luck. And Andrew Luck got beat on so fucking bad in Indianapolis that he literally did not want to play football anymore. So he quit. Yeah. yeah. And even with I Joe think Burrow, players, you got to think he, he towards ACL year one. Towards ACL's rookie year. So, yeah. you know, I think he's going to be a kid. Like, I, I, I read a deal that said there's only four teams that he's even willing to go play for next year. Yeah. One, one of them was the LA. One of, yeah, he had a list of teams. It was four teams. 
It was the LA Rams, Minnesota Vikings, New York Giants, and oh, was man, it the Cardinals? The other? No, it wasn't the Cardinals. They yeah. weren't on there because <laughs> they're oh. dog shit. Like he doesn't want to. <laughs> he doesn't want to play for that team. Uh, was it the Broncos? Then? It was either the Cardinals or I thought it was one no, of those. No, it wasn't the Broncos either. It was an East Coast team. Was it New England? I hope not. <laughs> no, I think it was. Uh, Man, I think it might have been like, oh my goodness, it yeah, makes me say, mad. I, I can't even remember. But I mean, essentially, him being like, uh, if, if I think it might have been Dallas. Like, like those were the yeah. only teams that he was willing. Let's to be even honest. Go he's to. not going. Yeah, he's not going to Dallas. Let's just be honest. Probably not. He's not going to. No. Probably they would not. have to give up. But as Min- much Minnesota that, seems pretty ideal. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah it definitely. L.A. Does. Rams seem pretty ideal yeah. because Matt Stafford, Matt Stafford's not going to play more than two more years. Probably he's going to retire. No. No. He got his ring. You know, I think he's just playing out the contract at this point. He's yeah. still playing at a high level, but you know, he's just like a lot of guys, man. He's a family man too. Yep, he's got a few kids, man. I think he's. Minnesota's I think he's accomplished. Way. Pretty much everything he wanted to accomplish, so he's probably going to sit down here in the next couple of years. Yeah, Kirko's gone. I mean, essentially, yeah, I don't they're not going to resign him. They're not going to resign him, even though they have done nothing as far as on the defensive side of the ball to improve their team at all. It was Kirk willing those eleven wins in a row with those. <laughs> that with guy those... gets a lot of flack, dude, but he's not the reason why they're not winning games. No, no, not even not even a little bit, bro. They're just giving up forty points a week. Yeah. And it's hard for him. Like, what do you want a quarterback to do? You know what, Kirk? Keep getting your ass kicked in the pocket. What's keep they? Keep they expect him fifty. Yeah. yeah, they expect him to be perfect at every second of every game without any. That that's what it, it irritates me when people do honestly compare Dak and Kirk because Dak, like Dak, has the ability to play like shit, and the Cowboys are still going to win by twenty. We've watched yeah. it every imagine? year. How good Kirk would be if he played behind that offensive line, bro. My he would be. That, that's like a lot of quarterbacks in the league would probably look a lot better behind Dallas's offensive line. Kirk wouldn't have to. You would see him have, I think, more long. I mean, he's already been in the league for quite some time. I mean, he had to, you know, he had to sit and wait his turn. But he went into a situation in Washington that wasn't great. It kind of wheeled them to the playoffs, but it would allow him to probably play four or five more years if he was in Dallas because, honestly, he wouldn't have to throw the ball 45 times a game just to make the team in a position to possibly win because the defense is that bad. Yep. Not only that, man, you would have a good offensive line. You would have good talent at running back. I mean, having Dalvin Cook behind a subpar offensive line last year in Minnesota – it allowed them to be in a better position last year. You get rid of that, you have a career backup at Alexander Madison as your starter. He's not Dalvin Cook. He will never be Dalvin Cook. So it's harder for them to move the ball down the field unless Kirk has to like force feed the ball to Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson. Yeah, it'll work, but eventually teams, teams are going to key on that. You know, Addison's still a rookie. You know, you got a lot of moving parts within that t- that offense that teams are just really like double Justin Jefferson. 
They can't run the ball that well. Double Justin Jefferson. Make sure Hawkinson doesn't catch up. Eight yard out route, basically. That's all you got to stop him from doing. And then it's like, well, you're kind of you become very one dimensional, and that's what you saw some teams do with him. It's like you take away those two players, and Kirk has to throw the ball more. He has to check the ball down a lot more. And yep. I hate that he got flack in that playoff game for doing that to Hawkinson. But if you listen to that quarterback series, he says flat out, he's like, look, there was nobody else open. TJ Hawkinson was open. I hoped that, you know, when I threw him the ball, maybe he makes a guy miss and gets a first down. Like, he's not going to sit there and throw up a prayer and hope that Justin Jefferson is going to come down with the ball like he did in in that Buffalo game. Can't do that week to week, man. I would have. (laughs) Well, just to give him a chance. But, yeah. yeah, um, Going back to the Caleb Williams thing, the only only thing that I could see, like – harming his his because for one caleb has not said anything publicly publicly uh his dad was and the last time i remember hearing his dad he said that he wanted to go to lsu and he's in usc so i definitely know his dad is just talking Uh, but we did see a little of that last year with bryce young because bryce young also came out and said if i don't like the team i don't have to come out i'm making bank in bama i'd come back and we could win a national championship or play in a college football playoff and I'll be fine, but he ended up still going to Carolina because you got to think there's only a certain amount of teams in the league that are going to draft a quarterback. Yeah. It's it, – there are – like you do have your occasional teams that will be a good situation like your Minnesota, like uh, your Minnesota and the Rams, and then you look at even like New England would be a, a good spot because they have a really good defense if they can help like have an offense come back – with some by some shape or form, it doesn't have a noodle arm like Mac uh, Mac Jones has. They'd probably be pretty solid. They're just in a really hard division, but yeah. I mean that would be a good spot. I just think it'll it'll be hard for him because the NFL doesn't care either. They'll no. say, okay, if you want to go back to college, then go back to college, and they'll just move on and pick someone else. And I don't think anyone else. I mean, obviously, if Caleb Williams drops to like which he won't, if he were to drop to like 10, 11, 12, like I don't see the Chargers picking him because they're like oh man it's caleb williams we can't because you have herb i don't yep. see like the Bengals doing that i don't see the bills doing that i don't there's a lot of teams uh, one team that that's sneaky he could go to right now because it looks good but we know how homie it can flip the switch and look like ass tampa would be fine for yeah. for caleb i don't think but, atlanta would be a bad spot for him to land no either. that oh. would be perfect that would be fucking perfect but the issue is is that division everyone thought everyone in that division was going to be fucking cheeks. They're not. They're, they're actually playing. Yeah. They came out and looked solid. They've gotten they've gotten some wins and shit. So I don't think – I think, honestly, people are just saying that people that are close to being really good, they're fine drafting five to ten rather than one because yeah. they know that if they don't get Caleb Williams, they're still going to get a Bo Nix or mm-hmm. they're fine with it. And kind of let those guys develop too. But I think – you know, when Caleb gets drafted, whichever year it might be, Homie's a day one starter. So he wants to be in the best position to have a good team around him to do that. So, I mean, if it's this year or next year, it's going to be very interesting to see, you know, how, you know, things will fall in the draft, especially because, man, right now it's it's really a toss-up. I don't know if those teams that he's listed 
any of those teams would could have be in a position to draft him without Minnesota. Losing him. That's it. Yeah. But even with them, they're always going to compete. I mean, they're not going to get the number one pick in the draft. We already know that. So they're going to have to do some trading. They're going to have to package something to try to get them. While those other teams, it's like, man, I don't know if you can. <clears throat> I read a make deal that, that said, man, I think the NFL is going to end up passing a lottery system for drafting because of Caleb Williams. Nah, I don't think so. Like after, like after he's gone, like they're gonna institute that for for players. Which I don't know. I don't agree with that because it's a good thought. I just don't think they'll do it because of just because NFL or the NBA has done the, the lottery because that's how they've always done it. Yeah. It's and, and it's it's still it's really hard for any good team to get a top five pick because they do it by the the more wins you have, uh, the less balls you have in the this the system. So if you win the Super Bowl, you have one ball. You do have a chance, but there's like a hundred other balls. It's, it's yeah. slim to none, slim picking. So mm-hmm. it's it's really hard, and I I really don't see the NFL doing it. I again, I love Caleb Williams' talent. I think he's the best player in college football right now. I just don't think that NFL teams, especially with the Shanahan system going around, I don't think they value quarterback names as much as they used to. Because you could get a herb, you can get some of those guys that are going to come change your your way, but you you're better off having a Brock Purdy. Yep. And just do what just, you need to do. And... Yeah. And and have the Shanahan system, and then pay your role like your your role players and stuff. Because it, I mean, essentially that's what that's what Tom Brady was early in his career. He was the he was the we're going to develop him, but we have playmakers everywhere. We have a stout defense, blah blah blah. They allowed him to develop, and that's where it is. It's it's like Brock Purdy is in the perfect spot now. Dak is also in the perfect spot now. So you see that more than you see number one picks or even a lot of guys taken in the first round. Even if they go to a good situation, a lot of them still struggle. It's yeah. it because Kyle Shanahan has showed everybody. I don't give a fuck who my quarterback is. We're going to be successful. Jimmy Garoppolo has looked like he's been smoking crack all year, and <laughs> homie in San Francisco looked stout. Pause. Yeah. Looked like you know a top ten quarterback at one point. Yeah, in San Fran, you're like, man, he's just he's just doing what he needs to do. He's helping them win games. Those that I mean, San Fran, as long as Shanahan is there, they will always be able to compete and make a deep run into the playoffs. I think, barring you know what? How does that game turn out last year? If Brock Purdy doesn't, you know, destroy his elbow, or if Hassan Reddick doesn't destroy his elbow on like first drive of the game, because right now, uh, fellas, Brock Purdy hasn't lost in the NFL. Yeah, he's in a he's in a great spot, bro. That's yeah. that's what like that. He he literally has what a great offensive line, a great defense, great weapons. And a great head, like offensive-minded head coach, and mm-hmm. they don't. I mean, they don't. They don't need to get a like have anybody that's ultra talented. They just need somebody like Brock Purdy, who doesn't have the strongest arm. He doesn't have all the intangibles. He just a smart kid. He's gonna take what you give him, and that's it. Yeah. So now we can talk about how bad Trey Lance is, and we can also we can also kind of touch on who's impressed you the most, a team that had zero expectations. That's been kind zero of zero expectations, or they were on the border of if they would be good or not. Because the team that's impressed me so far the most this year, mm-hmm. I'd say, is Detroit. 
Detroit. Yeah. I mean, Dan Campbell's been cooking for about three years. <laughs> He's been and talking all, a lot. <laughs> yeah, and it's it, I think it's starting I think it's starting to come together. Football guy, you know, got a got a got a quarter. I mean, because he played tight end in the NFL for some reason, whenever he was the interim in Miami, I was like, this dude looked like he played linebacker for about 15 years of the league. He really did. I totally forgot that he was in Dallas playing tight end. But I think that's why it, it's it's crazy because he's a he has an offensive mind. Loves loves throwing to the tight end. We can honestly say that, man. Jared Goff, yeah, he was the number one pick. Maybe he hasn't lived up to those expectations. But being a good NFL quarterback, no matter where you put him, he has proven a lot of people wrong with that. Got a good run game. Defense is looking a little better. Yeah, they have some. They'll have some questionable games where they don't look as up to par as now our expectations see them being. But man, I mean, what a that camp was a guy. I think Bro. for me, not only Detroit, but man, let's talk about the Houston Texans. I mean, yeah, oh, they yeah, are. bro. Last two weeks they've been cooking. I don't know how good they are because obviously they're, they're not going to play a game. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? TV. No, I'm saying I, just, I don't know how good they are because again, they just wax the Steelers. And yeah, I, bro, I watched Nico Collins run the most middle school route and cook. Patrick Peterson so, didn't do nothing, bro. He just ran up the field and, and just was like, oh, now I'm going to run a little bit to the right. And Patrick Peterson <laughs> had his hands up like, what do I do? Yeah. Get cooked. That's what you do. Yeah. Uh, real quick, though, going, going to Jared Goff, my, my, top, like, my thought on Jared Goff is he didn't get a fair shake. He went to an organization that was trying to win now, and they yeah. didn't have time to let him develop because he yeah. was solid when he was with the Rams. He just wasn't every week he couldn't give you 300, 350, and a dub. There would be yeah. some weeks where he 180 yards and and would go like one touchdown, one pick and shit. And they, we need somebody to blah, blah, blah. And he went to Detroit, and he's just been he's staying the course. And now he has more freedom in the offense as well. He's, he said that last week when they interviewed him. He has a little bit more freedom. Uh, mm-hmm. The offense is kind of his. They get to play towards his strengths, and it's not a hey, it's it's McVay's way or the highway. It's his strength, so it makes him look a lot better. Yeah. T, any thoughts on that? No, I agree, man. Uh, I don't think Jared Goff was given a fair shake. That kid, uh, he is he has been a good quarterback in the league, which is why I think Detroit will extend him. Yeah, I think they're going to give him an extension. Uh, because he just he comes it's not it's not sexy but he comes out dude and he fucking plays well consistently like i you know detroit looks really fucking good probably going to win the division like so it thanks you know yeah i mean that division i, was, I, I will also it's... say keeping it in like the nfc north man jordan love looks a lot better than i thought he was going to look yeah, his first year yeah. as a starter he... it's early but he looks good. Yeah, so. he he has moments where he's shaky, but I I really thought he was just gonna be cheeks. But he's he's looked really good. Yeah, Romeo Dobbs, man. What's <laughs> let's talk about him? That's uh definitely his number one target. Who Christian Watson? Who? No matter if he's healthy or not healthy, man, he's still still gonna be able to find Romeo Dobbs. The Bears playing better the last two weeks, bro. <laughs> I mean, yeah. they only they're one in four, but the last two weeks they 
have looked really good. And yeah. Justin Minnesota, Fields especially. Yeah, if Minnesota puts it together, man. So we can make the conclusion that is that the biggest toss-up as far as divisions? Fuck no. I just watched Detroit kick the fuck out of Green Bay. <laughs> <laughs> Who would it be, could man? it it could be a toss up, but I I really don't. I Detroit to me is probably the best team in that division, and it's I think it's because they're the most well rounded. They yeah, have a, a really good yeah they have a really good defense, a really good offense, and they you could tell they're all excited to play. They love they love their coach and stuff. And yeah, Minnesota it looks like they have way too much they're trying to figure out. It's yeah. a little bit too early for Green Bay, and same thing with Chicago. Chicago is just they just be doing shit, bro. <laughs> I mean Justin Fields. I mean we gotta. To me, this is the big been the biggest problem with Chicago and how they use Justin Fields. Yes, we know that Justin Fields is fast. Yes, we know he's strong. He's a good runner. Those things considered, though, when he was in Ohio State, Justin Fields didn't really run the ball a whole lot. Like he was, he was pushing the ball down the field. He passed the ball a lot. He had great weapons to throw to. So I think now that we're seeing him sit in the pocket a little bit more, make good reads, is this the year that he finally comes to form as a passing quarterback? Because, I mean, better. yeah, I mean, Justin Fields, I don't think maybe, maybe two or three times in his career has thrown the ball over 30 times. I mean, the past two weeks, he's thrown it over. Th- he threw it 25, and he threw it 32. And he's able to put that offense in a good position to move the ball down the field. Yeah, I mean, against Denver of all teams, who's probably arguably the worst team in the league again. I think they are the worst team in the league. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> because they just got their ass kicked by the worst team in the league. Yeah. So, I mean, that being said, can you can you look at – you know, him doing Justin Fields things, throwing a late fourth quarter interception. If he doesn't throw that pick, man, they're moving the ball down the field. They're probably going to win the game, you know. And then against the commanders, man, it was just out the gates. Nobody was nobody was stopping that offense. Nobody was stopping DJ Moore. And holy shit, DJ Moore. You, what you the wanna hell? Know- you want to know why it's important for them to get a really good read on Justin Fields? Why? Uh, because they could very easily have the first two picks in the draft. Yep. Could you fucking imagine saying, hey, Caleb, I know we're, we're not on your list, but we're about to get you Marvin Harrison Jr. too, the very next fucking pick. Yep. And you're also going to have DJ Moore. Is that good? Yeah, how you feel about that? Yeah. <laughs> that. Is that good Fuck. for you? You you good draft with that? night trade Justin Fields to some like decent team? Yeah, get you some picks first. out of it, bro. Yeah. I think he's worth a first or a second round pick. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, make honestly, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Honestly, I would I would take a peek at it and just say, you know what I mean? Hey, if we even have an inkling that, that this guy is not gonna work, as soon as the season's over, bro, I'm, I'm on the phone. Hey. Yeah, hey New York. I'm trying to cook up rookie, something. He's on a rookie contract. Like I mean, Still. Danny Dimes is looking ugly, real ugly. <laughs> hey, Sean you, Payton. I, I Sean think Payton. Put him in, yeah, I think you put him in a worse situation going to New York this year. God, I mean, being honest with you, I mean New York. Oh, the Giants get their cheeks. 
they look bad. Yeah, they're, so you can they send look, them to the you can send them to the Jets to sit behind Aaron Rodgers too. That's get true. rid of Zach Wilson. Yeah. I I also seen a deal that the Cardinals are about to look to trade uh, Kyler. Ooh. Uh What's if if that is true? Again, I don't know if it's true or not. Who's going to take on team? his contract? Yeah. That's what I well I. I was. That's what I was gonna say. Is who do you think would would go out and get get a Kyler? Because Falcons. Or, Falcons. Oh, Falcons. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I can see that because I mean Desmond Ritter definitely ain't it. And well, this is what I would say too. It it popped into my head for a little bit, but obviously it, it pops into my head all the time because I'm a fan. But I could see the Steelers, if if Kenny's not it, making a trade for him, uh, yeah. just because the raw talent of Kyler. And them knowing, hey, we're we're not gonna get Caleb. How high is Bo Nix gonna go? Like, uh, we could just get Kyler, and like, cause we, I mean, we have the the salary cap for it. Oh, we're we're paying TJ. That's about it. Yeah. Everyone else is. Like, I was talking to one of my work buddies, and I said, look at the Steelers roster, bro. Everybody's young, except like TJ Watts, twenty eight. Mika's twenty six or twenty seven. Like Cam Hayward's old as fuck. But Najee's this is third year. Kenny his second. George Pickens second. Deontay Johnson fourth. Calvin Austin second. Uh, Fryermuth third. Um, linebacking core is young. Keanu Benton it's he's a rookie. Broderick Jones rookie. Like we're super young, so we we're not paying fucking anybody. We could probably pull that shit off, but yeah. I don't think we will. Should be interesting, man. There's a lot of football. It's we're in the height of football season, fellas. It, it looks. It looks nice. Yeah. I, I, I mean, fuck. I just need something to happen because if I have to only cheer for this, uh, for the OU on Saturday and just sit here and keep getting drunk on Sunday because my team is cheeks, <laughs> it's going to be rough, boys. I'm going to have gray hair, gray beard, gray mustache, gray hair, all that shit. My kids don't stress me out this much. <laughs> shit, mine do. Man. Um, Anything else in the world of sports that y'all want to chat about? Uh, Dame to the Bucks. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. I like Big it. Big time dub right there. I think every from that trade, a lot of people benefited because I also think the Celtics benefited from being able to get Drew Holiday. Yeah. You get a you, – you essentially upgrade from Marcus Smart. <laughs> yeah. What happens in Phoenix, though? I mean, ah, they went to the middle of the pack team with that trade, I believe. Even though they have Bradley Bill, even though you lose a good rebounder, DeAndre Ayton, and then you get Grayson Allen, who's going to be – he's going to give you 17 minutes a game, five fouls, <laughs> eight points. Essentially. It's okay. It's okay. Get a role player. So, I mean, in training camps happening, they're playing exhibition games right now in the NBA, so – Who's I mean? Who's the team to watch out for? Who's give, give me three teams to watch out for? I say Milwaukee one. Easily Milwaukee. What happens in Dallas now that Kyrie resigned that contract? Are they going to do anything this year? Oh, no. how, how do they work together? Trade. And, on, and honestly, probably the Warriors. Man, I know Chris Paul's old as shit, but <laughs> he looks so awkward, bro. I watched that preseason game last night. He looks night and weird I, in that yeah. uniform, bro. He just looks – everything looks strange to me with him yeah. being there. Yeah. You can tell he's old as shit, too. It yeah. looked like it hurt for him to <laughs> to dribble. Yeah, he started to look like Dirk. You know, those last couple of years, Dirk was in there. 
the jog, even the jog looks painful. Yeah. Kneecaps oh, yeah. The same. Yeah. Isaiah, what happened to your boy, bro? Uh, what, you, what you mean? Israel Adesanya. I I'm, I missed this headline. What, what you mean? Oh, you talk about the fight? Yeah. I don't he got drugged. I don't even want to talk about it, man. Man. It was, it was he's going to get a rematch. He's going to get a rematch quickly, but. I mean, he's always been a talker, but he accepts his defeats, and I think he comes back better. After you get your ass whooped that bad, you can't really argue. It, <laughs> no, but he's not. You know, he's not. No, I and I agree with you, but he's always been the. I I definitely think that if you want to fought Drake Drake is Duplessis first. If he would have fought him first, I think it would have better prepared him for Sean Strickland. Sean no, Strickland's awkward. I think so. I think his awkward style, you know, is it was hard for him to pick up a part. And Sean Strickland was just in there. Fucking, he had Israel Adesanya is a striker, and he fought a dude who comes out in a sh- in a fucking Philly shell. That's a boxing stance with his chin straight up in the fucking air. Yeah. <laughs> No, he no, was I, ready I, to I, fucking deflect everything Adesanya threw at him, and he walked and he walked him down walked too. Him down. Like I think that yes. was the thing. Yes, but Izzy's always been a very good counter striker, so the walking down thing—I don't Shit. think that people should didn't play. look like it. That fight, it damn sure didn't, because because like the difference between what what Duplessis was gonna do versus Sean Strickland is Duplessis he wrestles a lot too. Yeah. He's he's more Sean is just he just wants to get in there and fight. He's just scrappy, yeah, dude. He's trying yeah, to bang yeah, it, man. Yeah. Once he clipped him in that at the end of the first round, I was like, ooh, boy. Yeah, I was like, ooh, shit. Yeah, I knew what time it was after that. And then he yeah. just kept – because I expect – I was like, okay, he won the first round. There's no way Izzy comes out uh, in the second or the third, and he's just lackluster. And it looked like he was content with just sitting out there and just playing patty cake like he did with Yoel Romero. Yeah. And Sean was just teeing off on him. But he'll be back. He'll be – He'll be uh he'll be better, but I am very excited for this month and next month because this month we it'll be uh Islam versus Charles Oliveira, yeah, two rematch, yeah. and then uh I think Hamza versus Paula Costa, and then you also have John Jones versus Stipe coming yeah. up. So them is uh yeah them is this is this is what I'm trying to see, and then I also Dana said last night at the fight night that Connor has finally submitted the the paperwork to get back in the in the uh, USADA testing pool, so he'll probably fight at UFC 300, which, again, we know Connor's kind of washed now, but yeah. it's still Connor McGregor, so you know what I'm saying? His fights is going to – it's going to be a banger. It'll be yeah, what if like, he comes hey, out and starches Chandler, dude? Bro, I would love it. <laughs> <laughs> that would be crazy because, I mean, Chandler's definitely a wild man, and he's going to have to take the blitz from Chandler and, you know, because Chandler, Chandler ain't afraid of shit. I, so I th- I think that's going to be a good fight. Is Con- is Connor more calm? Is he calculated? Is does he start getting reckless? Because let's face it, he hasn't really had a full fledged fight in a long time. Whether he's getting knocked out or doing the knocking out or getting the doctor stoppage. <laughs> so stoppage. <laughs> but no, I've I've said it since I since they announced them on the Ultimate Fighter. Michael Chandler's perfect for Connor because yeah, yeah. he's he's a wrestling base. But the motherfucker don't like to wrestle. Absolutely not. No. And he no, he's short. Yeah, yeah, he's short. Cause like he gets clipped, and then after he's stumbling, then he tries to wrestle. He's short, so he jumps in and he jumps out. 
I mean, Connor's a great counter striker. Yep. It's hard for him to fight against Poye because Poye is built. He's not built similar, but he he does have long arms and shit. And Poye is very patient. Michael Chandler is not patient at all. Obi's there to shit. yeah. He's like, bro, I'm gonna get a win or a lose check either way. Yep. It don't matter how long I'm in here. So let's get this shit out the way. And everybody, please pray for John Jones's brother Chandler Jones. I think Man. the CTE is starting to happen. Man, so let's pray. Let's pray for my boy. Maybe I'm talking so about he's contact. Talking, he's talking like somebody who's like smoking flocka or something. Yeah. <laughs> I do was tripping, dude. Yeah, he was. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, some t- uh, I don't know. Yeah, that was that was a very strange thing. Let's see if the Raiders can. You know, put together a dub at some point. Uh, they're gonna have to, or old boys gonna get let go too. Yeah. There's, I, I honestly think there's a uh, quite a few I mean, coaches Daniel's that are the on most there. overrated coach in the NFL. Yeah, he's I, the I most emotional of, coach. I mean, yeah. the whole story about why he traded Van Waller. I don't know how much truth there is to that. You know, them not letting Chandler Jones into the building. Uh, I just think he's he's a very emotional type of coach. So. It's going to be, I don't know. The Raiders are just, they've always been a limitless potential franchise, but they always run that shit straight into the ground. But yeah, I'm, ooh, Davis. yeah, another fight. My bad. I hate to, hate to pivot, but another fight. Leon and Colby is happening. We, oh, yeah, that's right. We have, heard, we have heard that that's happening. So, yeah. Leon knocks him the fuck out. That'll probably be the last time you see Colby Covington. Thank God. <laughs> I hope to God he doesn't win because I can't deal with this shit. I, I hate divisions that don't – the belt gets defended once every year and a half. Yep. It's it's fucking irritating. And it's really waiting on Kobe. It's not yeah. Leon. It's waiting on Kobe. Yep. That's because what it's always got, been about. He's He got the fucking – he got that. Because if he would, if they would have signed him up to fight Bilal Muhammad or someone else like that, they would have already fought. That shit would have been over with. Uh, and we would be wait seeing who's the champ now and moving on from it. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's wild. But fellas, we've been going. Leave the people with some words of inspiration. I'm gonna let y'all take that first. I bet. Uh, hey, people, it's it's getting cold outside, but please don't forget to wash your ass. I just stop. came from the grocery store and I was smelling some funky ass motherfuckers in the aisles. So wash your ass. Uh, my words of wisdom is if you think something's wrong with your body, get it checked out and make, make changes because 30 years on this earth, I never thought that I would have a high intolerance towards gluten. I always thought if I drank yeah, beer, yeah, the bloating <laughs> was because I drank the beer or I thought the bloating because it was because I ate restaurant food. And I thank, I thank God every day for my wife getting on my ass and telling me, you need to figure out what the hell's going on with you because that's not normal. And I thought it was a regular part of my life. And now I have to make those changes to be healthier. So always check. You know your body the best. If you feel like something's wrong, get yourself checked out. And I'd say, uh, you know, you always tell your, keep your family close, always telling them that you love them, man. Because you never know when they're not there anymore and you don't want to have to sit there and be like, damn, I should have, should have told this person I love them more. should have checked on them more. 
you know, yeah. if somebody's on your mind, man, reach out. Never hesitate to do that. <laughs> because one day you might not get the chance to do that. And Bags. that shit will eat at you. So, you know, keep your loved ones close. Always tell them you love them. Always embrace them. Always be there to listen. You know, sometimes the best ability is availability, man. Be there for you your know? people. Love your people. Take care of your people. Absolutely. Thanks. And just like that, we done. Thank you guys for listening. We will be back. I ain't going to guarantee nothing. Because <laughs> uh, last time I said we'd be back next week, and here we are a month later. But it's fun <laughs> as always, people. And um, we'll be back soon. We out. Peace.